As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. The post-apocalyptic wasteland has claimed another. Laying bare, dried out in the sun, the poor scavenger now exists only to be a meal for nearby and hungry walking dead. Shambling up and taking a bite, zombie Steve Rogers wishes he didn't have the hunger inside of him, but also understands that there's no fighting the craving. It is then Motorcycle exhaust can be seen tearing into view as a chopper riding Alice leaps to a standing position on that ride. Captain America raises his head and sees the multi-gunned warrior getting ready to make her explosive entrance. <laughs> I can eat brains all day, he says as he grabs his shield and gets ready to fight. It's T-Virus versus Zombie Virus. It's Umbrella versus Avenger. It's Alice versus Zombie Captain America. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and of course, I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, Race to Canis. Now, by the way, congratulations, everyone. We made it. It is officially Shocktober, and there's no better way to kick it off oh, James, than with today's on. episode. Hold on, James. Yes. I'm going to stop you right there. It's not just Shocktober go. this year. It's AMC Shudder presents Shocktober. You know, I got to think that this episode, if it ever came to light and someone did a live action version of this, it have to, it would have to end up on Shudder. There's no 100%. better home. Not Netflix, not Hulu, not that. 
put this on Shutter. That's all I'm saying. Despite it's the awesome. characters involved, it will definitely not be on Disney Plus. I promise you that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So listen, in one corner you have Alice, everyone's favorite hero from Resident Evil, and in the other corner you loved him. You kind of loved him in Marvel's What If series. It's Zombie Captain America. Of course, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many people have been talking about it, and you'll never believe this, hmm. or maybe you will. No one has ever discussed this matchup ever in the history of the universe, dot, 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 ever, dot, 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 at least according to Google. Look, I'm pretty sure by entering this into Google, I broke the internet for five minutes. I messed up the algorithm. You know which one? That algorithm. It's a crazy matchup. you got crazy opponents. And that's why this needs to be debated, settled once and for all, who would win style. Ray, I'm kind of dying to find out, what do you think about today's matchup? We just came hot off for Showdown September matchups. Let's face it, Showdown September, we take the most common matchups that everybody's been talking about since the end of time. And that leads us straight into... AMC Shudder presents Shocktober here on the Who Would Win show. Horror-themed characters all month in order to get happy, in order to get with the season and get with the scares. I love the Resident Evil movies. I will say I make fun of them a little bit. I wish that they were a little bit stronger, a little bit more fun than they are. But at the end of the day, this is Fast and Furious meets the horror world. That's what the Resident Evil movies are. Somebody said that to me once. I don't remember who. The point is, these are great, fun movies. And Zombie Captain America, my goodness, Marvel Zombies was both terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. I love Marvel Zombies. I love this character. I'm excited to kill him today. You know, Ray, of course, Showdown September ended on what some people say was a um, not a high note, not a low note, but a note. And we had a lot of controversy in the last episode, you know, just because, uh, you know, things happened. I don't want to go into too many details, uh, but James, you got to listen to the episode right out. there. I know what happened last week on the show, and there has been massive amounts of controversy following the ending of that show. And so I'm just going to put it to you right now, because you said at the beginning of the episode, our fan base was called the Legion of Audience. And then at the end of the episode, you kept calling them the League of Audience. The people need to know. They need you, James. You are their guide through this world. What the heck is it? First of all, Ray, you know I've got kind of a mind for marketing. You know, I love to kind of come up with new ideas. And even when I make a mistake, it's still genius. It really does, at least when it comes to marketing. Here's the deal. The initials are the same for both. LOA, LOA. And again, I kind of think in French sometimes and say stuff in English. So, you know, maybe we just go the French version, le légende d'audience. That might be a great way to go about it. But either way, I do like Legion of Audience. That sounds a little better than The League. Sounds like we're kind of ripping off the Justice League. It's definitely Legion of Audience. Now, with that being said, race to Canis. You know, we always take feedback from fans and from other people who are not fans. I know. We listen. Listen. We listen to everything you're going to say. Hashtag we listen. Hashtag we listen. And some people over the past few episodes, and by past few episodes, I mean the past three years, have been making the same suggestion over and over. So let's just bring this to light. Bring it up. Some some of you are saying that we need, for some reason, an official fact checker on the show live with us as we do our Who Would Win debate. You know, I, I, look, we're being accused. Some people are accusing Ray and I of sometimes, I don't know, exaggerating feats Outrageous. or powers or accomplishments of, of characters or people they've won and maybe not telling the whole story or trying to sway the judge with an intoxicating mind fog or two. I don't know about that. Ray, what are your thoughts about having an official fact checker on the show? 
Having an official fact checker on the show, me and you are the fact checkers. And you know what? Sometimes we do. We might leave out something because it would be bad for our particular case in that matchup. Sometimes we might exaggerate a point just a little bit. What? For dramatic effect, if nothing else. But at the just end that. of the day, we are truth tellers, James Gavsey. Well, I am. We are here to tell a story, paint a picture for an audience. And at the end of the day, a fact checker is maybe the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. Race to Canis, how dare you insult the audience is not something I would say right now. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Wow. I agree. I expect I 100% agree. By the way, I'm insulted that someone thinks that we don't do enough work to check our Dear facts. Dear Lord, the research and fact checking that me and you do going into every single episode, then you just misspeak like one word in the 38th minute of the episode, and the whole audience is like, oh, my, I'm getting on the internet to express my feelings of rage. La, la, la. It's by the way, great pirate. The thing, you know, it's like someone coming down on me right now saying, like, is it Legion or League? Which one is it, who James? Would you know, that, who would do that, James? That? Who would who do that? that? That's outrageous. Exactly. Listen, here's the deal. Ray, I'm I'm just gonna speak on both of our behalfs right now. Let, let me just communicate with the audience real quick. Ray and I are geniuses when it comes to our research, our presentation. Look, sure, we could pay attention to, you know, our families oh, God, no. or financial matters no. or our health. No, but <laughs> Yeah, right. Who wants that? And who has time for that? We don't. You know why? Because we're researching these two characters and we're geniuses. What's the plural of geniuses? Genii. That's how smart we are. Speaking of geniuses, by the way, when you have such an iconic matchup as we do today, you need a genius judge. I think you know where I'm going with this. Making their second appearance on the Who Would Win show. You'll never, get, you'll never guess who this is. It's the host of the Delvin Cox Experience and the PlayStation Experience podcast. It's someone who, in my opinion, should run for president. Yeah, I said it. It's the one. It's the only. It's Delvin Cox. Delvin, welcome back to Who Would Win. I'm super happy to be back. Thank you, James, for inviting me back. Ray, you're here, too. Now, I have, <laughs> oh. I have some thoughts right here because, okay, <laughs> I was told, Delvin, listen, James Gavsey loses last week in a very, some would say controversial, definitely a very emotional matchup of the Who Would Win show in a crucial, gigantic-sized, action-packed September showdown finale. Next week, his best friend, Delvin Cox, just happens to be the judge of the show. I vetoed this choice in the room, and then I was struck down by literally everyone. What is happening right now? Let me explain something to you, Ray Stacanus. There are certain names that if you bring them up within the Who Would Win production meetings with the Who Would Win production team, it, it, you have to have such reverence for that name. You can't say anything even slightly negative or at least not overly positive about it. And at the top of that list is Delvin Cox. Delvin, I love to say you and I are best friends. I'm just not sure I'm deserving of that status with you. Now, before we go any further... Tell the legion of audience, there I said it, the legion d'audience, tell them where they can find your amazing shows and tell us about your amazing shows. You can find my amazing shows on any podcast platform you got. You know, Delvin Cox Experience, well-known podcast. Everybody loves it to death. You know, has some well-known guests on there. Let's say a James Gavsey. Ray's been well, there on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm liking where this is going. Go ahead. Yeah, but, you know, you can find that anywhere you check out podcasts. You can also check out the PlayStation Experience. Also, anywhere you get podcasts, two, two great podcasts you should definitely check out. 
Okay, so your shows are amazing. You're a genius. I've been saying this on Twitter, at least, and, and pretty much everywhere else for a long time. But, you know, I got to ask you something. You know, we've been, Ray and I have been arguing about judges and the status of judges and what a good judge is and what a good judge is not. However, I think we both agree that you are what we call the ideal, the premium, the standard, the highest you could have level of a judge. Tell us your own words why you think you are a great judge, because I know you take this very, very seriously. Yes, I do. And on top of that, this episode for Shocktober is a perfect one for me. Because Uh-oh. as people know, and James m- must have knew this when he did this. What? What are you talking about? Go Captain on. Captain America is one of my favorite superheroes. Oh, goodness. Wow. But, is, I, is that true? That's, yeah, but, it is. Yeah. On the flip side, Ray may have known this. I love Resident Evil. Hmm. Resident Evil is one of my favorite video game franchises. And I adore the movies a lot. Even if they're the popcorn, fast and furious of horror movies, I love Resident Evil. So this matchup to me is a perfect one for me to judge because these are two fantastic characters. Well, Delvin, if you need to recuse yourself because you're just too close to both of these characters, I'll understand and I'll judge this battle instead. I think that's fair. I think that makes a lot of sense. As the great Randy Jackson said, that's going to be a no for me, dog. (laughs) (laughs) I am here to judge. That that is fair. Okay, Ray. Listen. Yet again, we have an insane matchup. That for the I think is the first time ever anyone's ever discussed it. We've got you. You've got me. We're both kind of insanely charged, and we have a genius, a literal genius, on our show once more with Delvin Cox. You couldn't ask for the better a better formula for an amazing show. With all of that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Resident Evil, the hero who might carry the T virus. But that doesn't mean she pities any fools. Alice. And representing Marvel Comics, the star-spangled creature who joined the army to zombie all he could be, zombie Captain America. You know, my hat is off to you, Ray, for bringing in Mr. T, one of the greatest uh, cultural icons we've ever had in the Big history fan. of the universe. Big fan. Yeah, I absolutely. Agree. Anytime you can bring in Mr. T to anything, uh, parent-teacher interviews, I do it all the time. It's, it, it's just a good you know, thing. Okay. Side note, when are we going to get Mr. T as a judge on this show? Let's get booking, everybody. I agree. I mean, we're going to need someone like a Delvin Cox to try to, to, to win that right. kind of legend over to our side. All yeah. right, uh, balls in your court, Delvin. Okay, now before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, what version of Alice will you be using today? I'm going to be using the movie series Resident Evil franchise, Alice from the movies. Alice from the movies. I like it. Okay, so I I know we just saw Captain America, the zombified Captain America in that amazing What If series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's not the version I'm going to be using. You know, how he got chopped in half with the shield when Bucky threw it at him. I'll be using the zombie Captain America from that amazing limited series that came out, I think, early to mid-2000s for Marvel Comics. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge, that's you, Delvin, decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And now, let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. 
Today's Tale of the Tape is brought to you by Who Would Win t-shirts and merchandise. Except no limitations. Go to the actual merch store on whowouldwinshow.com. Click on merch. Look at all the wonderful shirts that there are, the mugs, everything else. Get yourself a lot of great Christmas presents, Hanukkah presents, holiday presents, just presents in general. Treat yourself to an amazing Who Would Win shirt or some type of merchandise. And then take a picture and show us what you got. We love to see it. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Ray, please give us the details on Alice. Alice is one of the many clones of the co-founder of the Umbrella Corporation. She first appeared in the movie Resident Evil in 2002 and was created by Paul W.S. Anderson. She has been played in all six Resident Evil movies by Mila Jovovich. Alice begins the Resident Evil franchise as the head of security for the Umbrella Corporation, a pharmaceutical company whose development of the T-Virus both made them a fortune and eventually caused not only their downfall, but of the world as well. Through the movies, Alice discovers that she is a clone and that there are many other of her held by Umbrella. Alice also discovers that she is a perfect host for the T-Virus itself, and she gets all of its benefits, but none of its drawbacks. Eventually, her adventures through the apocalypse allow her to take down Umbrella and save the world. Fun fact, Resident Evil is based on the very popular series of video games. 
Popular characters from this series include Leon S. Kennedy, Albert Wesker, Chris and Claire Redfield, Jill Valentine, and Ada Wong. One character that is not seen in the series, however, is Alice, who was invented for just the movie series. This is not totally unheard of, though, as the new Mortal Kombat movie invented its main character as well, and he never appeared in any of the games. It should be noted, though, that every character I mentioned earlier have all been in the movies at some point. Come on, games. Bring in Alice. The people demand it. RE9, I want to see it. That is Alice. That's interesting. Um, according to that logic, like, Ray, you could appear in some crazy franchise. Like if, I don't know, Mamma Mia did a third movie. Sure. You could be right there singing all those songs, even though you didn't appear in any of the popular Mamma Mia video games. It's, it's a really strange thing that these video game franchises do where they say, sure, you've got all these very recognizable characters in the game that everybody knows and has affinity for. Let's invent somebody and make them the main character. It's just, why? But here we are. Yeah. Here's Alice. Six movies later, yep. possibly seven. Hey, it's somehow money. working. It's money. money. All right. Here are the details for zombie. I can't believe I'm saying this. Here are the details for zombie Captain America. Zombie Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers, was created by Robert Kirkman and first appeared in Marvel Zombies number one back in 2005. In the alternate Marvel Universe dimension known as Earth-2149, Captain America exists as he does in the regular Marvel 616 comic book universe, except here he's promoted to colonel and becomes president of the United States. <laughs> However, without warning, an unknown superhero from another dimension brought by what is known as the Hunger crash lands on Earth where they begin infecting the Avengers, X-Men, Fantastic Four, and almost all of the superheroes with a zombie virus. The zombie superheroes largely retain their intellect, personality, and their superpowers, although they are consistently driven by the hunger for human flesh, where they have already devoured all non-transhuman human life on Earth. As, saw, as such, the zombified Captain America continues his somewhat noble ways, just now in the pursuit of eating all humans and leading the former heroes, now zombie metahumans. And here's an interesting fact about Marvel Zombies. Did you know that the hero of the entire series was actually supposed to be Luke Cage? Oh. It's true. Oh, yeah. Robert Kirkman established that Luke Cage, due to his durability and kind of you know quasi-invulnerability, should be able to not be infected by the mysterious zombie plague. However, before getting word of this decision to Marvel, one of the artists hired for the series went ahead and drew a zombie version of Luke Cage oh, no. that everyone absolutely loved. So instead, he just became one of the main Marvel zombies as a main character of the series instead. And now you have the facts of both opponents. Delvin, do you have any questions before we get started? Yes, why well, we didn't get Luke Cage the hero of that series. That would have been amazing. Yeah, It would make so much sense. Yep. If, and remember, this is 2005, before the MCU and before variations and all this other kind. Of, that could have worked so freakishly well. We're on the same Delvin, as usual, we're on the same page. Yes. All right, race to Canis. Let's get ready to rumble. Hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Alice. Let's just talk about the basics. Her agility, her power, her brains, her weapons because Alice is a metahuman. At the end of the day, you, you're presented with an Alice and you're saying, well, she's just a regular person. She's the head of security for Umbrella. Who knows? And then she starts doing crazy things. Then she starts flying off the walls. Then she starts jumping and spinning and shooting in midair. And you're like, I don't think this is a normal person that we're dealing with. 
some examples of things that she's done, which really show off all of her powers. Well, the first thing is she survived a crashing helicopter. When you're in a helicopter and it goes down, it tends to go badly for you. Not Alice. Alice was able to get out, no problem, and keep on fighting. Heck, one time there was an area where there was shattering glass and there was glass shards all through the air, all falling down all over the little battlefield of the lab area where she was. And she kicked a piece of glass and killed and she killed with it a shard of glass that she kicked out of the air the ability and agility necessary to do that the computations in your head to get the kick just right she can do it because she is special that's why she survived six of these movies one time michelle rodriguez speaking of fast and the furious her character's name is rain and she is also very very powerful she kicked alice right square in the chest and alice flew through the air hitting i think like the side of a a truck or a tank or something and dented it and this is a kick that killed another man named I believe Luther West the same shot killed a man she took it flew through the air but was otherwise able to keep fighting it's crazy the thing she does in these battles she jumps she can spin it's like time stops she takes in the entire battlefield the camera will pan like all the way around her seemingly and then she'll turn and change directions in midair defying gravity, defying physics. She's a master of jumping attacks. I've never seen a character in any media anywhere take to the air, and that includes fighting games, take to the air and then unload, change direction and hit with a barrage of attacks, kicks, punches, you know, uh, throws, weapons, like I've seen Alice do. In fact, I don't even know that she knows how to fight from a standing position because she's always hanging upside down or flying off a wall when she does all of her massive amounts of damage. But because she's a trained head of security, she's also got a fantastic aim. She shoots perfect headshots when she wants to, picks up semi-automatic weapons, and gets all hits with those as well. One time in precision, she shot seven zombie dogs with headshots using seven shots in a row. That's hard to gauge. That's hard to manage. These things were moving in an extra unholy way. She's also very good at dodging. She's been attacked by very large creatures with gigantic axes, and she was able to dodge out of the way of not just the swings, but also when they were thrown at them. Not to mention the laser beam room. There was a room in the very first, and it reappears over and over again in the Resident Evil movies, where there's a corridor where laser beams, and you've seen the thing where the laser beams come, and they come at all different angles and levels, and you have to dodge and spin and contort your body so that way they do not murder you and cut you in half, cut you to ribbons. She navigates it, and her she can navigate it all day long. She's done it many different times. Last thing I want to talk about is her weapons, because she uses Beretta. She's used a shotgun. She's used two shotguns simultaneously. Katanas, C4, grenades, submachine guns. She has any kind of military weapons. She knows how to use it at an expert level. And the coolest thing that she does is what's called coin shot. She loaded a whole bunch of quarters into her shotgun and shot it as a shrapnel. So when it hits the body of a zombie or an infected creature, it tears and rends through that body, causing the massive amounts of pain, at least damage, and it prevents them from continuing on the fight. No doubt she would be using coin shot today. So when Steve Rogers gets hit, and it will happen, he's going to get torn up all inside and probably unable to continue from that alone. And that's my point number one. Okay, interesting stuff, because Alice, I've, I've got a familiarity with the character, but you, you provided some really good details. So let's see, you said she survived a crashing helicopter, kicked a shard of glass into someone at a distance, 
by the way, who hasn't done that? Am I right, Delvin Cox? These are not things that are special that normal people can do or can't do. That's correct. She, okay, excellent. Glad we're on the same page. She can jump and spin. That's awesome. My three-year-old was a master of jumping and spinning, by the way. My kudos to Alice for duplicating that insane feat of physicality. So she's got way more durability than a regular human being, but it's not like it's It's definitely, she's not invulnerable. And if she's hit hard enough or, in, you know, a big enough, expo- whatever it is, she can take damage. Uh, yeah, I, explosions, much like Lara Croft, explosions don't seem to do much to her, but direct hits do. Okay, now you said she shot, she shot seven zombie dogs? Mm-hmm. That is, what a monster, by the way. What a monster. I mean, I get it, they're zombie dogs. Just, I don't know, walk away. You know, maybe throw a steak on the ground. Maybe, I don't know, trip someone else, let them tear them up while you yeah, get the, shooting. The, Not Z, good. the ZSPCA is really going to come after her for that. I don't. That's horrible. Let me get to my point number one for Steve Rogers, uh, a.k.a. Zombie Captain America. Listen, I'm going to go into the zombification of Captain America, uh, Colonel America, really, very shortly. But when you kind of talk about the zombie version of Captain America, the good news is you can take everything that Captain America has and apply that over to the Marvel zombie version of this character. So let me just go over this very quickly. Look, we all seem to know what Captain America can do, but let me just remind everyone real quick. He's got a lot of powers and enhancements uh, with that super soldier serum. He has super speed. He can run up to 60 miles per hour. It's actually faster now. He's got super endurance, can fight for days on end. Magnify that because of the zombie virus he's got. He has a much higher level of durability than a human can. You know, he's speaking of taking explosions. He can do that, take falls from crazy heights. He can take punches from superhumans like the Hulk and keep on fighting. This is someone's insanely durable at the get-go before they even get zombified. Of course, we got to talk about the super strength and super agility. Somewhere in the Spider-Man class, I'd say strength and agility are lower than Spider-Man, but definitely in the same league as that. Uh, he can process information. Look, the running joke about Captain America is that he can see things faster. Right, which just means that when a bullet comes at him or any type of attack comes at him, it doesn't come out at the same speed, uh, you know, that everyone else would appear to see that speed coming or that attack coming at them. Things kind of move slower to him in his eyes, so he can react much better, much faster, and calculate his strategies against whatever's coming at him. Let's see. On top of all that, in terms of processing information, with all that, his reflexes are insanely fast: dodging bullets, laser fire, predicting where things are going to be shot in the first place, ricocheting, you know, shots or attacks. Not a problem. He can dodge all of that. He's He's done it a million times. Everything we've seen Captain America do in regular comic books, this Captain America can do as well. Of course, he's also one of the greatest fighters of all time. I think he's officially now listed as the greatest fighter in the Marvel Universe, which I'm kind of questioning with Shang-Chi, whatever, but he's at least top five in that area. So, of course, not only can he tra- does he train all these different styles, not only does he master all these styles, he's combined them and then add his own take on it because of all of his superpowers. It's kind of like Spider-Man learning the way of the spider thanks to Shang-Chi, where all of the fighting techniques leverage his superpowers. Captain America has that, probably just at a higher level. On top of that, his uniform. Let's just talk about that for a second. People don't get this. His uniform is fire-resistant and bulletproof. It covers him all the way, except for maybe his mouth, uh, his eyes, and his ears, but the rest of his body is covered. By the way, kind of redundant when you're a zombie, but I'm just putting that out there. Of course, we got to talk about his shield. I think it's listed as proto-adamantium, the last time I checked, which means I think it's equal parts vibranium and adamantium. Look, this thing's aerodynamic, can be used amazingly well as a defensive weapon as well as an offensive weapon. In fact, I think his shield probably better as an uh, offensive weapon as opposed to just a defensive maneuver, uh, you know, mechanism that he uses all the time. Of course, he can do anything with this, and it's super, super durable. Magneto, at one point, tried to disassemble the molecular bonds of his shield and couldn't 
do it because that's how powerful that shield is. That's how well constructed it is. Look, again, I haven't even gotten to the zombie part, which enhances a whole bunch of other things for Captain America. But at the very least, this is where we're starting at with this battle. All that together is my point number one. Excellent points. Look, if you started with anything other than Captain America is a superstar, I would have been mad at you because that's exactly the right place to start for this battle. Now you argue Captain America can see things faster. I would argue in the Resident Evil movies, due to the excessive use of slow motion, Alice <laughs> must also see things a lot faster because there's always bullets or spears or shards of glass or monsters or zombies. There's always things coming at her in a very, very slow way, and she seems to move very, very well given those uh, parameters. So I would argue that she see things just as fast, not as Captain America, but as zombie Captain America. Does he even have eyes anymore? How does this even work? The other thing is the important thing about the <laughs> armor that you brought up is that the armor covers everything but you know his face and his eyes and his neck region. The cool thing is Alice in the movies, and I've seen her do it a million times, when she knows she's fighting a zombie, she's going for headshots. And she hits these headshots. I made that point in my point number one. So thankfully, the one spot where his armor ain't there is the one spot she's trained to shoot. Interesting. Now, because we also witness in these movies everything moving in slow motion, does that mean gasp? That we also can see things faster, right? Is that, or do, do we have even more powers than we realize? I would argue yes, because I saw where those Resident Evil movies were going well before they told me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Delvin, you've heard points number one uh, from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at right now with this battle? I think there was there was some solid points from both sides, but this is just kind of a filling out process. I, I like where you're going. I like that Ray's kind of giving you a little bit more than just the character traits. Like everything Ray has mentioned, like Surviving the helicopter crash shows like a survivability, obviously, agility, being a great shot, things like that. And Captain America's Captain America. The, even the base level of Captain America is amazing. So it's not much you can really say about that. So I like where it's going so far. All right, very cool. Now, you know, this reminds me of um, a Muay Thai kickboxing match, just not to be, sound too uh, geeky with uh, the martial arts stuff. In the first round, typically, it's a feeling out process so that people can kind of see what's going on. There's rarely highly aggressive stuff happening in the first round. It's definitely the second round where stuff starts happening. Okay, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Alice. Now, one thing I should mention is that the first point that I made was just regular old Alice, the person, because through about at least minimum half of the Resident Evil movies at certain points or others, she is infected with the T-virus, which we mentioned before. She is a perfect host for. Now, the T-virus was originally created in order to uh, end diseases and help humans with regenerative process and healing. So the, the main character, the main scientist of Umbrella, invented this to help his own daughter who had a degenerative condition. And it ended up working. And it worked so well that the entire rest of the world, for hundreds and hundreds of other ailments, the T-virus was put into them as a way to help, you know, preserve humanity and prevent all these conditions, which worked great until the first kid became a zombie... <laughs> as a direct result of the T-virus, turned a bunch of other people into zombies, and then stuff started going really wrong from there in the world. The point is, 
Alice has a deep level of regeneration and a deep physicality, super strength, super speed, thinks really smart. She has effectively super soldier serum as a direct result of this T-virus being in front of her, and she won't become a zombie because she doesn't have the drawbacks. What does this mean in practice? When she has the T-virus, she's smarter, stronger, faster, more durable, which means instead of just like shooting a zombie, she slapped a zombie once and it died. <laughs> You only kill a zombie in the Resident Evil universe by snapping its neck or, you know, in some way uh, damaging the spinal cord or shooting them or hitting them in the head in some possible way. She slapped it and it died. That's the level of force we're talking about. She once jumped off of a bridge down a very, very large distance below and was completely unharmed by it. She was able to keep going afterwards. As I mentioned with the enemies, she's fought the nemesis before. The nemesis was one of her best friends also injected with a modified T-virus to turn him into like this eight-foot monstrosity with a rocket launcher and at one point the nemesis was there she was there she was kind of cornered and they were all like fight her one-on-one nemesis and she beat the hell out of the nemesis using martial arts kicks and spins and jumps in the air and she beat the living crap out of that nemesis one would argue that she handed its butt to it right on the spot she fought the tyrant, Jorah Mormont, who's also a scientist slash co-director of Umbrella, and this allowed him to create tendrils and long body horror out of his fingers. She was able to cut those off even though they were, you know, very invulnerable, quite honestly, and she was able to bring down the tyrant as well. She tanked a lot of shots from him and was able to hurt him in invulnerable style character. Would also point out the T-Virus unlocked something else in Alice, which is psionic powers mind powers that she didn't otherwise have. So she actually walks around with the powers of telekinesis. One time there was a flamethrower and there were all these flying monsters in the air that were coming down in her camp. And she said, shoot that flamethrower in the air. The guy did it. She used her telekinesis to whip the flames around and burn up all the zombies in the air in a giant flame tornado of sorts that she controlled with her mind. Captain America's tough but dealing with mind powers is wild. She also uses these telekinesis and mind powers. One time she was sitting in a, in a cell and a guy was looking at her through the camera, a security guard. She looked at the camera, saw through the camera to the guy and murdered the security guard through the camera, through the screen with the powers of her mind. That is something beyond, I think, what zombie Captain America can deal with. And the last thing, shockwaves. She's able to control the earth and she's able to use her telekinetic powers to create ripples in the ground, which throw people. Captain America doesn't fly. Zombie Captain America definitely does not fly, which means he's beholden to the ground that he stands on and she can create irregular patterns in the ground of great force to throw him around and prevent him from getting close to her. And that's my point number two. Okay, all good stuff. Look, any good sci-fi horror zombie movie that features an amazing hero has one thing that distinguishes itself as a cinematic masterpiece, Mm -hmm. and that is telepathic and telekinetic powers with flying flamethrowers. You can go back to like 1910 for the first horror sci-fi films that were black and white and just used horrible stop motion and pictures. But what did you always see there? A flying, spinning flamethrower. It was a candle back then, but that's, that is a mainstay. So my hat, it's, kudos, kudos, if you will, to that whole it, series for doing it's that. It's known for being an essential part of cinema verite. So there it is. That great. There's your French. See, that was excellent. Okay. Let me just kind of go through all this. So the scientist who created this, the daughter was a degenerate. Is that what you're saying? 
That is not what I am saying. She had Got a it. degenerative condition, which was going to kill her at a young age. So the dad worked around the clock to save her life. But you, you're not saying no to me. Okay, got it. Let's see. I think now, she was I, very nice when you meet her. So yeah. that's good. That's good. I, that's that's nice. That's, that's she sounds sweet. Okay. Now, how fast was Nemesis in terms of you know we've talked about combat speed as as kind of a cool thing that people who are really great at fighting do. How fast was he when he was fighting? I think he was fast enough to catch regular essential human beings at speed, but definitely he was slower than Alice. He was not super speed. He was just regular speed, but in a big frame, which just moves faster naturally. Got it. Because he, he, I do remember a little bit about him. There were times where he was kind of lumbering, you know, throwing a big, huge haymaker at Alice and what have you. Alice showing great speed and agility, but it wasn't someone who I'd say was highly skilled. Maybe the original person was, and now in a monstrous, you know, James Gavsey type frame, it, he just didn't know how to move his Man, body the right way. Imagine if James Gavsey became the nemesis. We'd all be in trouble. I mean, you know, big we can trouble. all wish it'd be great. Yes, big trouble. That's it. She's got psionic powers, telekinesis, murdered someone through a camera. That's how I felt again watching Mamma Mia uh, 1 and 2. I was forced to do that. Okay, so all good stuff. I love it. I got to tell you, one of my big regrets is not watching the Resident Evil movies because I, it's not that I don't feel prepared for this matchup. I just, these movies sound fantastic. They really, really do. All right, now with that being said, let me get to my point number two and let's talk about. The zombie version of Cabs America, it's about time. So what's the real difference between the zombie version and the regular version? So to explain all this, I kind of have to go over the rules of Marvel zombies. Okay, so remember Robert Kirkman, uh, the genius behind The Walking Dead, great series, love everything about it, love the comic books. He set up specific rules for The Walking Dead, and he did the same thing for the Marvel Zombies series. Here are the rules. So number one, all superhumans retain all of their powers, abilities, and skills. None of that gets degraded. It's all there in the exact same way as before. Number two, killing them is insanely hard. Taking out their brains typically doesn't kill them. You got to do a lot more. Literally, you got to kind of, a, you know, I think you've got to vaporize them. Or completely take them apart almost at a molecular, blast them into shred. I don't know what it is, but it's a lot more than just shooting them in the brain. Number three, the Marvel zombies are driven, we've already talked about, by the hunger, which is that desire to consume flesh. The difference, however, is that Marvel zombies can retain all their mental faculties so they can plan and strategize and how to get it. So imagine really smart walkers in The Walking Dead kind of coming up with strategies to kill humans. That's what Marvel zombies can do. And the last rule is that they don't like the taste of zombies. So they don't want to actually eat another zombie because it just taste absolutely horrible to them so that's it now for captain america there's an interesting theory from this and you see this in the first series i think it's five issues he can actually retain his mindset and his mental faculties very um, a lot better than almost any other of the zombified villains and heroes because it's theorized the super serum the super soldier serum is helping his mind stay intact so all that still remains the same but the real big difference the real big difference between all of this is that captain america now has his gloves off. His sense of morality, his humanity, his desire to control his severity, not do too much damage to someone, you know, because I might hurt them too much. All of that is gone, as in completely gone. So let's say Captain America didn't care if he saved Bucky when the Winter Soldier was coming to kill him that first time. As a zombie Captain America, he wouldn't have held back. He would have absolutely wrecked him and wrecked him fast. How long do you think the Red Skull, Doctor Doom, or even Thanos, yeah, I'm bringing in Thanos, would last if zombie Captain America took all the skills, just regular Captain America, took all the skills, all his powers, his brilliant tactical mind, and said, you know what? I'm coming after them. Nothing's going to stop me. I don't care who I hurt. I don't care who dies. I'm taking them out. 
Very few people are stopping this person. I'm just putting that into perspective. So even as a zombie, Captain America retains also all of his fighting skills. He's got his weapon still, his shield. And most importantly, again, he's still got his tactical mind, which means... Look, he's not only going to not fall into a trap, he may actually plan a trap. He, Captain America is great at kind of making people get maneuvered into places where they don't even realize they're being maneuvered to. That's what he can do. Now, let's take a look at Alice, on the other hand, who is quite the challenge, by the way. There's no doubt whatsoever. She's amazing. She's awesome. But when you break down everything, she can still be hurt and restrained by regular conventional means. We've seen it. Look, she's been knocked out unconscious with a light tap to the face with a gun. She was lying down. All I remember was that quick scene. Someone had a gun and just lightly tapped her in the head with it. She got knocked out. No offense to her. You do that to me, race to Canis. We're not getting knocked out. You do that to Delvin Cox, you're breaking your gun. That's just a fact. When she's hit by helicopter debris, I don't think this is the same helicopter crash you talked about, Ray. When she's hit by that helicopter debris, she's knocked out for quite some time. So she took a hard shot. She didn't die. That's cool. But she got knocked out pretty bad. When she was had her handcuffs on, she had to, at this particular part of, I forget which movie it was, she couldn't get out of them. She actually had to find the keys to unlock herself and get her out. Now, that's actually pretty cool that she found the keys, but she couldn't get out of them. Of course, Captain America put handcuffs on him. Good luck. And if you even do, he's snapping out of them really quick. Look, didn't she even die in one of the movies? If I'm not mistaken, Race to Canis, I think she did, which is horrible. I hope she came back in a big way, but you can kill her. She is not, she's durable, but she's not insanely durable. Not the same way Captain America is, especially the zombified version. Look, she's amazing. She's incredible. She's hard to kill. She's hard to hit and all that kind of stuff, but she doesn't have all the tools necessary to come out ahead against a zombified, moral-ish Captain America. That's my point number two. Good points, one and all. Now, you asked the question, did Alice die? Well, the Resident Evil movies go to absolute crazy town, where she starts letting all the other Alice clones out, forms an army of Alice's, and some of them do die along the way. I believe you're still following the same one from first shot to final shot, though. So I do, be- I think, that's never really clear, but I think you're following the same one the whole way through. Gets a little bit murky in there. So if you're asking, do the Alice's die? The answer is they absolutely can because essentially there's only a handful of them and they're fighting entire bases. They're fighting entire areas, you know, so they're willing to put themselves in danger for the greater good in a morally proficient way that this version of Captain America would not have. Now, you talk about what it takes to kill a Marvel zombie, and it is a heck of a lot, but this is not a battle to the death or undeath necessarily. All she's got to do is incapacitate zombie Captain America or even put him down for a certain period of time. So yes, at some point in the future, this version of Captain America might not be killed and might come back. That doesn't prevent Alice from winning this battle today. I'm so glad you said this is actually for the Legion of Audience and everyone else who's now becoming part of our Legion. There's a rule that we really may want to put into our official rules, which is to win. All you got to do is incapacitate your opponent for two minutes where you can stand over them for two minutes and nothing can be done by them to you. You've officially won the match because you after two minutes, you can safely walk away. That's all you got to do to win this match or you could kill them or battlefield or whatever else you can do. So excellent point or counterpoint i should say race to canis okay now speaking of points we're at the turning point Delvin, you've been here before i know it's crazy yes this is where you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out the victory okay so far i'm looking at both sides of this point two kind of gives the edge to alice and i'll tell you why Mm. the psychic powers 
Mm-hmm. Now, I want to hear Ray get more into what those psychic powers can do because, one, that gives her a tactical advantage in terms of, one, when, when she has guns. And while the guns are good to have, Captain America has a shield and he has bulletproof armor on him. So that's not going to do too much damage, I would think. But on the other hand, if she can use her psychic powers to, I don't know, rip him in half, that could be a huge mm. problem. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Then it, you know, how Captain America is a great tactician and stuff like that. If you get ripped in half on the field, there's nothing you can do about that. So I want to kind of hear <laughs> what can Alice do, if she can do that, for one thing, and how far can she go with her psychic powers. And on the Cap side, I want to hear, this is Zombie Cap. So if Zombie Cap bites Alice, is does she become infected? Because while she, in her universe, she can't be infected. This is a neutral battleground, so therefore, I would think the zombie virus from the Marvel Zombies universe is in play here. So if that virus takes over Alice, will it in fact make her a zombie? Will it incapacitate her long enough for Cap to devour her? I kind of want to f- hear more about how Cap can take her out. That's my whole thing. That's where I'm at right now with this whole point. Excellent. Interesting. Okay, this is good. This is good. All right, Ray, this could be anyone's game right now. I do see how Alice has a slight advantage, uh, you know, as both characters stand as is, but I may have something up my sleeves. All you right. always do. I always do. I tried to, especially after the last episode. Go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three. We're just going to talk about the fact that Alice is a character who spent six movies killing the undead, killing zombies, killing monsters. There is maybe no character better suited in all of media to fight zombie Captain America than Alice from the Resident Evil movies. And a quick aside, delve in the psychic powers. Unfortunately, Alice doesn't go full Tetsuo from Akira. She doesn't just look at you and then explode your brain and then rip you in pieces. She's going to do things to the environment that work in her favor. So she is going to be able again to create a rift between the two of them. She's going to be able to create a giant earthquake around him that Captain America won't be able to stand. So that's basically where she's going to be as far as that goes. But let's talk about the killing of zombies because she uses one hand and she snaps zombies' necks. Now, zombies are very durable in the Resident Evil universe, except when Alice is around. I would argue zombies are very durable in the Marvel zombies universe, unless Alice happens to be around there as well. When you could take one hand and you could snap the neck of a zombie, damage the brainstem to the point where they can't move anymore and they're killed, you got a good amount of not just strength, but you also got a good amount of sense of how to kill zombies. She knows exactly what actions she needs to take and tends not to waste any energy in doing so because she's not just killed zombies. She's killed these things called lickers, which are gigantic monsters. I know, Delvin, you've seen these movies. I know. They're called, unfortunately, lickers. But they're huge. They have long tongues, sharp claws. They can stick to the ceiling, and they come down generally in packs of three or more, and you just got to fight them. And she also once fought a huge version of one of them. One would argue maybe a kaiju-sized version of a liquor that she was able to kill multiple times because it wouldn't stay dead. If it was a who-would-win battle, she'd have gone three for three in those battles because she did keep putting it down and safely walking away. It just came back later, and she had to do it again. Again, zombie Captain America is just like a six-foot-two guy, right? He's just one man. She's fought creatures far larger and with far larger amounts of power. 
One of the coolest things that she did in order to kill one of these liquors is she rode on a motorcycle. She jumped on the back of the motorcycle. She rode the motorcycle at the monster. She kicked the motorcycle up in the air using her super strength, threw it at him, jumped, did a flip, and then shot her double shotguns at the gas tank right before it got to the liquor, exploding the area and demolishing that liquor because she's incredible. She's also great with vehicles. All throughout the series, she's seen on motorcycles, helicopters, tanks, cars, and she uses the vehicles to kill zombies. Again, no wasted energy. So if there's going to be, I assume, vehicles in the area of some kind, she quickly can get into any vehicle, become a master of driving it, and use it to her advantage. And let's face it, cavalry is harder than people on foot. Other things that she's killed... She killed that giant, I don't even want to know what the name of it is, but that giant Mothra-sized zombie flying thing in the fifth and sixth Resident Evil movies. She figured out a way to use her vehicle in order to kill it. She brought it down to Earth. She did a lot of damage to it. It came down to attack her, and she was able to drive her Jeep, smashing it against a wall, and just blew it up, took it away, brought the thing down. You're defeating Mothra. You can defeat zombie Captain America. The last couple things to talk about, uh, she also killed the last Plagas, who are just super zombies. That's fine. I probably should have put that earlier. She also, in the, to the greater point, she was fighting against the scientist, uh, Jorah Mormont from Game of Thrones, and she's in the laser grid room. And there's a great moment where he's stronger, faster. He's been injected. He's a super Captain America type character who moves with a lightning speed that she doesn't necessarily have an answer for the Quicksilver level of speed that he's bringing. Well, he's got her in the laser room. The lasers are coming. She's willing to put her own body at risk. She allows fingers on her own hand to get cut off. Why? Because it gave her the distraction she needed to slip a giant grenade into his pocket and blow him up later. And that's just it. You think zombie Captain America will give of himself to win? Alice will do it too and also be thinking five steps ahead. She's not afraid to put herself out there. At the end of the day, she would. She would allow herself to get bit by Captain America and get the zombie virus if it meant he was close enough to kill him. And that's my point number three. Okay, interesting stuff here. Uh, again, I got to get a hold of these movies. They sound amazing. It sounds like Alice can, um, for lack of a better term, out A-team the A-team. Yes, she could. Right, that is incredible. Okay, quick question. Is it possible to get a hold of footage or audio of the pitch meeting for Resident Evil where someone <laughs> said, hey, these crazy, horrible monsters with long tongues, we need a cool name. Someone said, I got it. Let's call them Lickers. And everyone said, done. Is that available on YouTube or anywhere? Because I, I have no idea how someone could think that was a good idea. I can tell you, James, it probably wasn't a production or design meeting. It was probably a localization meeting, and the taco truck had just arrived, and they were ready for lunch. It's, yeah. It's, some, it's the weirdest stuff that happens. These meetings. Okay. Let's see. You, know, you said that she can use the environment due Very to her good psychic powers. That's awesome. That means then Captain America could be looking at her and something could hit her, hit her from behind or what have you. Uh, I know she's very re resourceful. She can use uh, her science powers to create a rift on the ground. It also sounds like she could make an emotional rift with insults. Kind of like a, a double attack, if I'm not mistaken. She needed to. Yeah. This is actually a very capable opponent for Captain America. Very, very challenging. Thank God Captain America, zombie Captain America, had a power-up. 
Let's talk about that in my point number three. Okay. So, because this is Marvel Zombies, and it's Robert Kirkman, something kind of interesting happened in the later part of the series. So, it seems that the Silver Surfer makes an appearance, and he's scouting the planet Earth for Galactus, who's you know wants to come by and consume it. So, the Silver Surfer, of course, is one of the most powerful beings in the entire Marvel Universe. So, of course, he gets into it with the Marvel Zombies, who are like, wow, if we eat some of him, this could be really good. Okay, so they start fighting. He's holding them off until the Hulk grabs a hold of him and bites off his head. Then he drops the body to the ground. And then a few of the Marvel zombies, one of them being Zombie Captain America, grab the body and start ripping chunks off and eating it and kind of enjoying their meal. So as a result of all of this, Captain America was imbued with a big chunk of the Silver Surfer's powers. Now remember, this is a limited series of five issues. This was issue number three right in the middle. So according to the you know the rules, this is something that stayed with Captain America for quite a bit of his character. Okay, with these powers, he's got insane super speed. Remember, Silver Surfer can travel the universe at beyond light speed. Uh, Captain America had to go to Wakanda in the series, and he got there, I think, within minutes and got back within minutes, uh, hit some crazy mock whatever speed to bring back a vibranium with him. He has uh, got a lot more super strength. He's probably in class 100 range right now, which he can lift or press 100 tons. He's way more durable than before. And if that wasn't crazy enough, he can shoot energy blasts from his hands that literally can destroy, absolutely vaporize, eviscerate, whatever you want to call it, destroy superhuman Marvel zombies. He was pointing at one character. I think it was the Mole Man. I'm not saying that's the most powerful being of all time, but he's definitely a Marvel zombie. And he's looking at Captain America, and Captain America just points his finger at him and says, hey, listen, you got to stop whatever it is, and unintentionally shoots out a cosmic blast of energy that completely vaporizes Mole Man. And then he's like, oh, cool. He's Captain America, zombie Captain America. He figures out how to use it. So now he's flying everywhere. He's shooting energy blasts. He's taking out people left, right, and center. This is what Alice has to deal with. So on top of everything Captain America is bringing to the table, on top of everything else that the enhanced zombie version of Captain America can do, all his weapons, his shield, his tactical thinking, now he's insanely powerful. Not as powerful as a Silver Surfer, but maybe, I don't know, one-fifth, one whatever it is, that's a lot of power. Keep in mind that the zombies that ate part of the Silver Surfer took out all of the rest of the Marvel villains that were there, the Marvel uh, zombified heroes and villains. These are the group that went after Galactus and then took him out and became the new combined version of Galactus going planet to planet. So this is where things go very badly for Alice, okay? We're talking about a Captain America who's got that killing instinct, who's still got the tactile minds, the strategies, can see things faster, all the same powers, except no morality. That whole moral compass thing is gone. He's definitely going to get a bite in on Alice if he doesn't feel like blasting her away first. Remember, if he doesn't think he's, if she's a regular human, which she, he'll kind of figure out quick, he doesn't want to eat her because that tastes horrible. He'll just destroy her absolutely immediately. Put all of that together. She was doing great in this battle until, I hate to say it, Zombie Captain America got a chunk of the Silver Surfer's powers. Put all that together. It's not a good night for Alice. That's my point number three. Wow, James. Wow. That's absolutely right. Last week, you were crying and whining because I busted out the Infinity Gauntlet, the thing Thanos is known for. And here you are saying this character only exists after eating the Silver Surfer. That is that is Shady James. That's why a certain percentage of the Rainiacs out there only know you as Shady James. But we'll, we'll keep going thing. anyway. Because Go Delvin's probably just going to strike that down. But let's pretend for a moment that he won't. One of the big things, well, two big things right here, because I know this story. 
He had the ability to shoot energy blasted laser beams from his fingers, but it's not exactly like he had it for a huge amount of time. It's not like he trained or he had a lifetime with this power. And it could be argued that having a big power like that is excellent. It is very possible that he's not necessarily knowing the extent of that power, how to use that power, the best time to use that power, because it is a newer thing for that character, which means Alice being a genius who can uh, use the environment and can dodge laser beams might get a situation where zombie Captain America brings the entire room down on himself through shooting those laser beams and taking out supports. I very highly could see that happening. And the other thing is, you talk about the invulnerability and everything, that's great. Zombie Cosmic Captain America later in that series had his head sliced right open by Magneto. And then of all characters, the Red Skull scooped out Captain America's brains because he got close enough to do so, and that rendered this character done. Yes, he did come back later, but it was a long time later. As fighting-wise goes, Red Skull put down zombie Captain America by scooping out his brains. The final thought I have right here, I believe that for the greater good, Alice, especially knowing that she's got an army of clones out there in the world, if she saw a threat like zombie Captain America, she would put her own life on the line and give her life in order to win this battle and take out this enemy. Much like Red Skull got close enough to do it, she would allow herself to get bitten by zombie Captain America so she could coin shot shotgun him straight to the nose, revealing his brain, removing the brain, shooting the brain, otherwise destroying the brain. And winning this fight. You know, it's interesting. I love that 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 whole section because it almost reversed the roles almost of Captain America and the Red Skull. The reality is that Captain America, you know, had a personal relationship with the Red Skull. And before he got anything happened, I don't know if you recall this right, he actually was on top of him, took off his arm with a shield and said, did you think you can match me with strength and power? Remember, the Red Skull still has the body, the clone body of Captain America. Right. That's mm-hmm. that character that he got back in like the late 80s. That was still part of his continuity. So it wasn't a regular, you know, just kind of not. It was a, it was a zombie red skull, but with a Captain America body on top of that. This was a personal battle. This wasn't a kind of random thing that they like, they just encounter each other. And now Captain America's like, I hate you. I'm going to kind of you know start talking. But no, this is different with Alice. This is going to be a very quick. I need to destroy you kind of thing. And that's where I think this is going to go. With all that being said, Delvin. You're a genius. This is the time for your genius to show. Take us through a story. Take us through your process. Tell us who wins this battle between Alice and zombie Captain America. Okay. This is what I'm seeing right now. I look at both combatants. This is where I'm I'm kind kind of struggling with it. If Alice gets bit by zombie Cap, which is a great possibility, how long will it take for her to be completely infected by the, the virus? If zombie Cap infects her, is that a win for zombie cap? The Marvel zombies, when they're infected, they join the Marvel zombie That's right. side. So this is my thing. I'm looking at this battle, and I, I think I agree with Ray. I think Alice is the type of person who will sacrifice herself for the greater good. But if she gets bit by zombie cap, if she immediately turns to a zombie, then it's game over, then cap won. But if she can kill cap, before she, or incapacitate Cap, before she turns to a zombie, I want to say Alice can win. And the thing about it is, with her psychic powers and everything like that, because this, this is the interesting thing. Yes, if she gets bit and turns immediately, and she goes on the zombie side, Cap wins the battle automatically. So, 
if she if Alice becomes a zombie because she was bitten by Cap, then Cap wins because she's gonna be overtaken by the hunger and she's on the side of the zombies, and then that's what the zombies want. But due to these circumstances, I don't think because of the T virus and because of her abilities, I don't think I think two minute I think within that two minute time, I think she can kill Cap or at least incapacitate her him enough. Because the whole Red Skull thing, when Red Skull got close enough to take out Cap, I think that man sold me. So if I were to pick a winner, I would pick Alice. Wow. 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 I got to tell you, I got to tell you, this was so well thought out on your behalf, Delvin, and you brought up like insanely interesting points. I was trying to follow along with your logic and kind of saying like, what would happen and how would this and X, Y, Z, I got to tell you, I'm good with this decision. I feel like, and this is the crazy thing about it, I feel like Alice would win the battle but lose the war. Yep. I think she would take out Cap thinking that she's won and Cap would be out for well over two minutes but would turn into a Marvel zombie anyway. Quite possibly. And I didn't even consider the idea that if she did turn into a zombie, she would join Captain America's side because all the zombies worked together. She'd have no more reason to fight him anymore and allow him to walk away safely. But I love the fact also that you're reasoning that the T-virus would at least slow it down enough that she could put him down before she turned and went. That is... Delvin, I actually like your judging. Wow. Here's the thing. The great thing about this, right? You brought this up about Fast and the Furious movies, right? The characters are superhuman-ish, right? Like human plus. But the rules of the films, the rules of their universe have to apply in in, in these who would win battles. And Delvin, you're right. The, the rules of Resident Evil have to apply in this battle, just like the rules of Marvel Zombies have to apply as well. Yes. I, I got to tell you, this may be the most really good I've ever been with a decision that's never gone my way before. This yeah, is crazy. I, this, was, this was a hard one. This honestly was a hard one because I kept thinking with the psychic powers, I was like, it's not enough to take out Cap completely. I think it would hurt Cap. I think because it's psychic powers, but it's on a low level. So I would think that Alice would have to get in there to actually take him out because Marvel zombies are hard to take out. They're not like regular zombies. Right. Headshot's just not going to do it. So she would have to get in there and physically take his head out completely. And with her doing that, she's going to get infected. And I think the T-virus would slow that down, but she'd be able to take out Cap for two minutes in that process. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny with all of everything you're saying, Delvin. The one, my one takeaway, other than I really got to watch these movies, is that I really wish there was more zombie Captain America within Marvel Zombies, right? I know he appears I, I in a later series. I know he appears. It's a little bit different, but uh, it, this was awesome. All right, Delvin, <laughs> I, I knew you wouldn't disappoint. I know you and I are best friends for a reason. Even yes. though you didn't go my way, you made me feel special just being part of the process. So, Tell the fans, the Legion of Audience, it's official, tell the fans where they can find you and, and where they can enjoy your shows. You can find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox. Check out the Delvin Cox experience anywhere you get podcasts. Especially this month, by the way, because the Halloween special is going to come out and it's going to be awesome. Got to love Halloween specials. That's it. All right, Race to Canis, you got a really well-earned win. No chicanery like last week. No weird stuff with the judge. You just got a really good win. My hat is off to you. A lot of respect for you, sir. Tell the fans how you feel. I'd normally feel like gloating, making fun of you, doing a dance in the streets. 
but I can't stop thinking about Delvin's process <laughs> and all the machinations and all the different ways this battle could go. I'll be honest. I pretty much checked out of the show because I'm now wrapped in a prison of my own mind thinking about what Delvin just said and how impactful it was. Look, I obviously deserve this victory. This was an amazingly difficult battle and a very yes. difficult battle to prepare for. And so, of course, it's a blessing that Delvin Cox somehow saw it my way today. Wasn't expecting that at the outset, but you never know what to expect with the Who Would Win show. Hey, Victory Friday is going to be special. It's always special. Go watch some Resident Evil movies. <laughs> it's Shudder Presents Shocktober. And go ahead and get yourself a subscription to Shudder with our free code mentioned earlier. Let's make that happen, people. Rewind the ad again. It was great. The ad was spectacular, by the way. That was a good ad. They did a uh, Marvel Zombies and Army of Darkness crossover. Yes. Oh, fun. Right? And I got to tell you, Ray, after your description of Resident Evil, I think we need a Resident Evil Marvel Zombies crossover. Oh, I want I it. think this would be perfect for Disney+. Plus. That's I'll great. be pitching them tomorrow. I think Disney Plus needs a rated R section. Imagine the cool Star Wars they could do. Just putting that out there because I'm a marketing genius. All right. Ray Sicanis, great job. Delvin, awesome. People, you can find me posing my patented question of the day on Twitter at James Gavsey. I'm doing that stuff again. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere else. Check out the Who Would Win show on Facebook, Instagram, and also on TikTok. Yeah, we're doing TikToks now. Thank you to Matthew Dawson his amazing fight trailers. And you can also check out the Who Would Win website at whowouldwinshow.com. And again, join our Facebook community where you can also join, you know, mention good matchups, suggest great matchups, talk about the shows, and just be part of the overall greatness of Who Would Win. On behalf of myself, Ray Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. It's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.